Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Even If podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lowe, and of course, I am always so glad that you have joined us. This summer, we are doing a fun little series called Conversation Starters. And if you've listened to the other stories, you know that a lot of them are about my childhood or my life and just things that have happened. And it's just stories that you can use as your own conversation starter yourself, either with your family or your small group or just in your own private time. This week, we have a story about heartbreak and disappointment, and I think many of you are going to relate. So uh, if you've ever been let down by someone, then this week, the story will be very applicable to you. So without further ado, let's get started. When I was a freshman in college, I left Abilene, Texas to move to Lubbock, Texas to go to Texas Tech University. And when I did, I left a boyfriend behind. You know, many of us did that whenever we left home and went off to college. Uh, We left somebody behind us that was still pulling at our heartstrings. And so when I got to college, that boy and I continued to talk and try to stay connected He had stayed behind in Abilene to play football at one of the colleges there. So my birthday is in October and the weekend before my birthday, I decided to go home so that I could see my family and spend my birthday with them, but also so that I could definitely see him and that he wanted to take me out for my birthday. And so he had a football game on that Saturday night and that we decided that we would meet up at his dorm after the football game and go grab a bite to eat, just hang out for a little while and get just get to spend some time together. And so I left town Friday afternoon after classes got out, spent some time with my family Friday night. And then on Saturday, went to the football game. My dad was a football coach and he decided, you know, I think I'll go to that football game with you. And so he and I went to the football game and sat with my boyfriend's parents and saw them and Uh, All was well. So after the game, I'd ridden with my dad. So the plan was go to the lobby, meet this guy, and then he would meet me there after the game. So my dad just drops me off. I see the guy's car in the parking lot. I get there. And so I'm like, okay, he'll be here any minute. So I go inside and there's a couple of other girls and they're waiting in the lobby too. So after, I don't know, a few minutes, Those football boys start trickling in. They'd all, you know, showered back at the locker rooms and come in smelling a lot better than they did. And then a couple of the girls that were waiting on uh, their boyfriends, too, those guys came in. And so they took off. And so I found myself sitting there by myself and uh, not real worried because there were still guys coming in. I just figured that this guy was taking a little bit longer than normal. And uh, before long, the stream of guys coming in stopped. and kind of sat there for a few minutes. And I thought, well, maybe he's just running a minute late. Maybe he ran up to his dorm from like, maybe there's a back entrance. And so sat there for a minute and I thought, okay, something's not right. I wait a few more minutes and it's starting to get kind of late y'all. I mean, and no offense, I'm starving because I didn't eat dinner because I thought we were going to go eat dinner after the football game. And well, keep sitting there and it becomes pretty obvious. Like this guy where is he? 
you know, you start going through your mind, like, is he okay? Where, where did, where, ha, where is he? <laughs> where? For the record, this was not a very big campus and I could see the lights of the football stadium from that dorm. So this was not like a huge campus where this guy could have gotten lost. And so I start thinking, well, maybe there was a misunderstanding. And I go back through my mind. I'm like, no, he told me go to his dorm after and that he would meet me here and after the game. And so this is the point where I should tell you that my dad didn't really care for this guy very much. And there was something about this guy that my dad just, he didn't like him. And here it is. It's about 1130 at night. And I need a ride home. And obviously the guy who I was going to go to dinner with and had was going to drop me off, he is nowhere to be found. And I need a way to get back to my house. And I know what I need to do is just call my dad. And I know that he'll come pick me up, but I didn't want to call my dad because that would mean I would have to tell my dad that this guy has stood me up. And yet I still had to get home and there was no Uber back there. And I wasn't going to call a taxi cab and I didn't know anybody else. I did what I had to do, picked up the phone. I said, hey, dad, can you come get me? And he said, yeah, sure. I'll be there in just a few minutes because everybody knows that daddy's, yeah, he's a good daddy. He was there in 15 minutes. He had me in his car in 15 minutes. I didn't even have to tell him what was going on. He just knew. He could feel it. He knew. When he got there, I walked outside and that guy's car was gone. He had come back to the dorm and not come inside. He just got in his car and left to go somewhere. And I was waiting inside for him. He had blatantly stood me up. And... On the way home, I remember my dad just, you know, we didn't say a lot. And mostly it was because I think there was just such a huge, I told you so, (laughs) hanging over my dad. He didn't, he never said that just for the record. He was very gracious to me. But when we pulled into the driveway of our house and I remember he looked at me and he said, if they really love you, they want to spend time with you. If they really love you, they don't do things like this. And he was right, that's for sure. But at that point, all I could feel was the hurt. I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed that this guy had done this to me. Like, what did I do to deserve not at least getting like, you couldn't even walk inside and tell me, hey, by the way, I don't think I'm going to go out with you tonight. I was mortified. I was, I was so hurt. I was angry. I was disappointed. If you name the gamut of emotions, that's pretty much where I was. And if you have lived life with people for very long, it's not going to take you long to think of a time when someone has hurt you, I'm sure. And you're probably sitting there thinking right now about somebody who did you wrong, (laughs) for lack of a better word. And, you know, it doesn't take us long to realize a couple of things. The first is that people are going to let us down. That's just part of life. And that's just that the human experience is wrought 
with times that people don't do what they say they're going to do, or they betray us, or they hurt us, they lie, they manipulate, they steal, they undercut us, they stab us in the back, they talk bad about us. There's a million ways that people can hurt you. Um, This is just an example of one that stands out in my memory of, of a time where I really, really just felt the sting of someone else's rejection or somebody else's decisions. When I was preparing for this episode just this weekend, my daughter had no idea. We were talking about the story of David from the Old Testament. And if you've never read the whole story of David, it's in First and Second Samuel in the Old Testament. As I'm prepping for this particular episode, my daughter and I are talking and Meredith's telling me she's studying David and she's studying about how he was, you know, just the king that the Lord anointed to take Saul's spot. And like I said, that's in first and second Samuel. But one of the things she says to me and she goes, you know, mom, there was such this setup. She was like, when you're first reading about David and all of the parallels he has to Jesus, he looks like the perfect earthly king. And she was like, you look at it, he killed Goliath and he was faithful to Saul. Even when Saul got jealous and tried to kill him, David had the opportunity to kill Saul and he didn't. So we had this wonderful conversation about how in the beginning of this story with David, David, the king, the king through which the Messiah was going to come, David, Davinic covenant where God promises that the Messiah will come through David's lineage that is prophesied. It's in scripture. This same David who served Saul faithfully and extended kindness and faithfulness and all of the things that he did while being persecuted by Saul. Okay. This David you get like five minutes into his reign, like after he has taken over, Saul dies, and then he takes over. And in 2 Samuel, like two pages into 2 Samuel, Bathsheba pops up. And we all know what happens. He can't control himself. He can't keep it in his pants. And he sleeps with her. And what happens? She ends up pregnant. She comes to him and she says, hey, David, by the way, I'm pregnant and it's yours. And he panics and he's king, mind you. He was supposed to have gone to war and he decided not to. Then he gets this girl knocked up and he's like, oh crap, I have knocked her up. And to top it off, he decides instead of just to own what he has done, he decides to try to hide it. He brings her husband back from war. He tries to send him home so that he will sleep with his wife and then magically she'll have a baby and he can claim that it's his. And yet Uriah says, no, he could not do that because it's during wartime. So David, instead of just humbling himself, makes a bigger mess and he sends Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, not just back to war, but he sends him to the front line so that he makes sure he's killed. And he is. Bathsheba's husband dies because David had done something David should not have done. And the thought occurs to me, 
Can you imagine being Bathsheba and knowing, and I don't know how much she knew, I don't want to take scripture out of context, but Bathsheba's husband died because of David's decisions. Bathsheba's world was upended. Uriah lost his life because of David's indiscretion. I think there are three things that we can pull from this story with this guy that I got stood up by, David, you know, killing Uriah, that both stories, any story of betrayal or heartbreak or anything of that nature is that people are going to let us down. We are all flawed, sinful humans, and we all make mistakes. You know, I know there are times where I've hurt people. I know that there are times people have hurt me and that that's just part of life. People are going to let us down. Second thing is this. Without a proper perspective, we will see every disappointment and hurt as an affront from God. Okay, think about that for a second. What do I mean by that? Without a proper perspective of God and putting him in the right place where he needs to be and putting people in the right place where they need to be, we're going to see every hurt and every disappointment as something that God allowed or caused or did or that he did it himself. Let's take, for example, let's take this boyfriend that stood me up. He's an easy example. We'll use him, right? (laughs) Let's look at this, though. He hurt me. He hurt me because he didn't live up to his end of the bargain and show up for the date. And so I got stood up. Well, if I see him through my own flesh, my own eyes, I see a jerk who hurt me. If I look at him, though, through God's eyes and how God sees this guy, I see he was immature. He made a mistake. He probably wasn't ready for a more serious relationship. And he freaked out. And all he knew to do instead of just having an honest conversation was to just not show up. So if I look at the situation through God's eyes, I can see this was an immature kid who made a mistake. If I look at this situation through my 19-year-old eyes, I just see hurt and disappointment. And I go, why did you allow this to happen, God? I thought this was the guy. I mean, how many girls have you heard that are 19 years old They're like, oh my gosh, I think he's the one. And I'm not saying that you can't fall in love at 19. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that sometimes in our youth, we haven't lived quite enough life to know really and truly what is best for us. And so in that moment, I could have looked at this and said, why did you allow this, God? Why did you hurt me? Why did you hurt me? And any time we begin to say, God, why did you hurt me? We have lost perspective because he is incapable of hurting us. Now he can discipline those he loves, but he is incapable of being unloving toward us. He is 
always loving. And loving is never hurtful. Do you hear me say that? God does not hurt us. And so we have to maintain this proper perspective of people are going to let us down. God doesn't let us down. People let us down. But anytime we put the hurt people inflict on us as a direct correlation to God's affection for us, we have lost proper perspective. So we have to maintain a proper perspective because that is the only way we're going to see hurt and disappointments framed in the right way. The way I like to see it is this. If you can, in your mind, visualize this in front of you, 10 feet, you can see the problem. And and a lot of times that is a person or that is a situation or it is a relationship or it's a dynamic with someone. But what I want you to do, if you want the proper perspective on this, is I want you to pretend in your mind for a minute, put Jesus in between, like so five feet in front of you, put Jesus standing there facing you. And I want you to look at Jesus and know the problem is still in front of you. But what you've done now is you're looking at the problem. You can still see the problem ahead of you, but Jesus is in between you and the problem. And so now to look at the problem or look at the hurt and the disappointment or to look at the person that has hurt you, you have to look at Jesus before you see them or before you see what they did. And when you put that perspective, when you begin to take your problems or your hurts or disappointments or things people have done, and you put him between you and that problem or you and that other person, you magically begin to see things in a different light. You begin to see them as insecure or hurting, or you see them as wounded, or you see them as as how Jesus sees them, which is he sees them as redeemed and loved and forgiven. And even if you're not forgiving and loving toward them currently, he is looking at them that way. And so the first thing was this, people are going to hurt us. They're going to let us down. It's just part of life. The second thing is this, without proper perspective, you will see every hurt and disappointment as an affront from God. The third thing is this, there is only one who will not hurt you ever. It's so sad to me how people can take hurt from the world and say that God is not faithful, that they can take the hurt and the pain that other people have caused, and they can blame God for the pain that other people have caused. And the thing that I just got to say is that if you're blaming God for the pain that somebody caused, I think you're blaming the wrong person. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, yep, that guy hurt me. And that person did this to me, or this person did this to you. But blaming God for the pain that we're in is a wrong perspective. There's only one who is not ever going to let you down, and that is Jesus. He's the only one 
who is never going to stand you up. He's never going to let his pride get in the way. He's never going to manipulate you or or betray you. That's Jesus. That's what Jesus came to do. He was in the flesh. He lived it out in a sinless manner. Those of us walking around in skin that have the Holy Spirit in us, man, we're trying to live this life the best way we can, but it is inevitable. There are going to be days where we hurt other people and people are just going to hurt you. People are going to hurt us, but they are still worth the effort that this human experience of relationships requires. I've given you the example today of a boyfriend, but this could be a friend. This could be a coworker or a boss or a teacher. It could be a spouse. It could be your kids. It could be your parents. People are going to let us down, but they're worth the effort anyways. There's a couple of things I'm wondering. The first is this, who comes to mind when you're thinking about this? Is it someone you hurt that forgave you? Is it someone that hurt you that maybe you have forgiven or you need to extend some forgiveness to? And then I want you to think about like, how did it make you feel whenever you experienced that hurt? And have you ever stopped to think about how God sees them? You know, when you're thinking about this and you're thinking about somebody who's hurt you, um, I think it's easier for me to think of times, this is just human nature, I think, it's easier for me to think of times where someone has hurt me and, oh, I've just been so benevolent and I just forgave them so easy, you know. But if you're real honest with yourself, there's probably somebody who has hurt you and you could possibly be holding unforgiveness in your heart toward them. A couple of months ago, I released a couple of episodes. It was called House of Miracles. It was a three-part series. It is not safe for young children. Uh, I would just use some listener discretion there. But where you listen to Lisa and Andrew's story of total brokenness and betrayal, and then how the Lord restored their relationship, it was just quite beautiful, to be honest. If you haven't listened to that story and you need a primer on how to forgive people, man, go back and listen to House of Miracles because that was one heck of a story on how to forgive someone who has hurt you badly. And so there's that. As we wrap up today, we're just about to dip out of here. I want to say this. Next week, I want you to stay tuned because there is an ending to the story. I've I've intentionally not ended the story today with Uh, the guy who stood me up, because next week we're going to wrap that up. So make sure you tune in next week for that part two of this. You know, we've talked a lot about that guy, but then I've talked to you too about how God used David in the Bible to show us how he uses broken people. What I think about when I think about David is that the Lord allowed that entire story to be written and preserved in holy writ. And what I think is that he allowed us to see this guy who was set up to be the most incredible earthly king and had, by all accounts, he was handsome and it, I mean, biblically, it's, I mean, it's biblical. He was handsome, but 
he also was just an earthly king. And he is no match for our heavenly king. Because our heavenly king, he ain't ever going to let us down. He's never going to do whatever it is, however you have been hurt or wounded in this world. He didn't do it. We live in a broken world. Broken people do broken things. Our heavenly king, our heavenly father loves us. And we don't serve a king that's ever going to let us down. Ever. Ever. So when we can take those three things today, just know people are going to let us down, keep a proper perspective of them with Jesus between us, and then be reminded that he's the only one who's not going to let us down, but yet people are still worth the effort. I think we're going to find a lot of joy in our life, a lot more joy, that's for sure. So your assignment today in your conversation starter, either in your small group or at your family, or just in your private time with the Lord is to say, who has hurt you? Who have I hurt? Who have I let down? Who has let me down? And then when I look at it through the Lord's eyes, what do I see that I couldn't see before? I want to hear those answers. You email me. You tell me. When you look at the situation through the Lord's eyes, what is it you see that you couldn't see before? All right. I think that does it for us today. Thank you guys so much for being here. If you want to follow us on social media or sign up for our newsletter, all of the links for that are in the show notes. And of course, as always, if this has been a blessing to you, please don't hesitate to share it with a friend. Stay tuned next week for the second half of this story and how God cracked my heart open to something that really and truly changed the trajectory of my walk with Christ. Thanks for being here and good Lord willing, I will see you next week.